Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how scientists predict whether an asteroid will hit our planet. Then, you'll learn about at least one reason to get excited about math from popular mathematics writer and Cornell University professor Stephen Strogatz. Let's satisfy some curiosity. How exactly do scientists predict whether an asteroid will hit the Earth? It turns out that there are actually a bunch of ways. So let's talk about how asteroid hunters around the world scour the skies for icy comets and rocky asteroids. I use the general term hunters because it's not just full-time scientists who are on the case. For example, take the free initiative called Hubble Asteroid Hunters on the citizen scientist platform Zooniverse. They used images from the Hubble Space Telescope, which has taken lots of pictures of really big objects that are really far away. The thing is, once in a while, an asteroid photobombs those pictures. Those asteroid snapshots can be annoying because they keep us from seeing stuff that's far away. But they're pretty useful if you're studying how asteroids move in space. So the Zooniverse initiative used images like those taken from the European Space Agency's Hubble Science Archive. And thousands of people looked at those telltale streaks to better predict the paths of asteroids through space, including whether that path might intersect with our planet. More than 1,300 separate trails were identified from some 300,000 observations, and a lot of them came from ordinary people just like you and me, assuming you're an ordinary person, of course. The project is now complete, but Zooniverse is always leading other projects like it that you can get involved with. Of course, full-time scientists are on the case too, and there are some active missions to help us learn more about asteroids right now. NASA's OSIRIS-REx spacecraft is camped out around asteroid Bennu, and it'll come back around 2023 with a precious sample of material. Scientists should be able to study it to figure out what asteroids are made of, and that'll make it easier for us to figure out how to deflect the ones that we catch coming our way. NASA also plans to test asteroid deflection with a mission called the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART. For that mission, NASA will send a spacecraft to the double asteroid 65803 Didymos to try to slightly change the orbit of the smaller asteroid by slamming an impactor into it. Take that, asteroid! The team will keep an eye on the deflected asteroid's orbit, both from the ground and through a European mission called HERA. NASA is working hard to classify all city-killing asteroids that would have threatening orbits in a diameter of at least 140 meters, or 460 feet. Right now, we've only found about a third of the estimated population. But NASA says their search is going to ramp up with the launch of new telescopes, like the Large Synoptic Survey Telescope and an asteroid hunting telescope they just announced that'll launch in 2024. Even though there's a lot of sky for us to keep an eye on, you can sleep easy knowing that asteroid hunters around the world are pitching in to help us stay safe. Today's episode is sponsored by Mova Globes, rotating globes powered by light. Mova Globes use a technology that's the first of its kind, with hidden magnets that provide movement. No batteries or cords needed. They're globes that turn when they're exposed to ambient light. There are 40 different designs, including world maps, famous works of art, and outer space. And to create the globes in their outer space collection, Mova Globes partnered with organizations like NASA and JPL to get high-resolution images. So the surface of these celestial bodies is pretty accurate. And if you can't find a spinning asteroid in the sky, maybe you can put a spinning asteroid on your desk. The Mova Globes team worked with JPL on their Vesta asteroid globe design. And they also have a Titan moon globe that they made by working directly with a member of the Cassini mission. Mova Globes make a great gift for the person who has everything. And we have a special offer just for Curiosity Daily listeners. Please visit movaglobes.com slash curiosity and use coupon code curiosity. That's C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y for 15% off your purchase. That's right, 15% off. 
One more time, that's movaglobes.com slash curiosity. Code curiosity. How can you get excited about math? How can you get your kids excited about math? We don't have a one-size-fits-all answer, but we do know the story of what got one notable mathematician pretty curious about the subject. So we thought we'd share it today and see if it resonates with you. Popular mathematics writer and Cornell University professor Stephen Strogatz is the author of Infinite Powers, How Calculus Reveals the Secrets of the Universe. And here he is with a fun story to wrap up our Monday math miniseries. So let me tell you about, if I can, a thing in my own life that was not only motivating, but I would say like a quasi-religious experience. It was an epiphany. I felt like a transcendent. It was a world, it was a life-changing thing for me. I was in my first science course in high school, so science one. It's, it's sort of like a baby physics course. And the first day, we have to do an experiment to measure the length of the hall outside our classroom. The teacher gave us meter sticks. We're, we're on the floor. It's dusty. We're laying the meter sticks end to end. We're trying to estimate the length of the hall. We're, we're supposed to put, you know, uncertainty on it plus or minus, whatever. And I thought, this is so boring. I can't believe we're, you know, on our knees in the dust measuring the length of the hall. How ridiculous is this? I hated it. <laughs> but the second experiment, the teacher gave us a little pendulum, which was, you know, a pendulum is a weight um, hanging off a rod or a, a string, and it swings back and forth like the pendulum in a pendulum clock or like kids on a swing in a, in a playground. Okay, so... This pendulum, though, that the teacher gave us all was a little unusual in that you could make it longer or shorter. It had a kind of a mechanism where you could stretch it out, sort of like those old um, spy glasses or telescopes you see in pirate movies, you know, that go, and you can make it longer or shorter. You could compress it. So anyway, you could make these pendulums longer or shorter. And the teacher also gave us a stopwatch and said, I want you to time how long it takes for the pendulum to swing back and forth 10 times. Okay, so I did that, you know, back and forth, back and forth, 10 times, whatever, 4.2 seconds. I make a graph on my graph paper like I'm supposed to, 10 swings. Um, when the pen so it's the length of the pendulum in centimeters versus how long to make 10 swings. Plot the dot. Now make the pendulum longer. Do the thing again, 10 swings. How long is the pendulum? How long does it take for 10 swings? So I'm making graph a graph with four or five dots on the graph paper, like every other kid in the lab is doing. And um, I think it was supposed to be an exercise to teach us how to use graph paper. But I started to notice something, which is after about four or five dots, I saw that the dots were falling on a pattern. They weren't just all over the page. They were lying on what looked like a curve. And I recognized this curve because I had just learned about it in my Algebra One class. It's a curve called a parabola the same shape that water would make coming out of a water fountain. And I remember getting this feeling, a spooky feeling, like there was something in the room with me, like but back, the hairs on the back of my neck started standing up, like there is something here that I don't see. Basically, okay, let me try to put it plainly. I got the feeling that the pendulum knows algebra. Wow. Okay, how weird, how weird is that, that there's this secret universe where a pendulum is obeying this rule about a parabola, which I had just learned about y and x squared in math class. What do, how can, the pendulum's just a little nothing. It's a little inanimate object. How can, it, how can algebra be built in to the motion of a pendulum? But it is. So this was, for me, a transcendent experience. I felt a weird chill that I have only felt once or twice in my life since then. You know, math can be 
a life-changing experience for someone. In that case, the algebra of a parabola, and then seeing it there in that very humble experiment with the pendulum in science class made me want to figure out, and I've spent the rest of my life trying to figure out, the hidden math of the universe, of the world around us. That story makes it pretty obvious why Steven Strogatz was inspired to write a book called Infinite Powers, How Calculus Reveals the Secrets of the Universe. And whether it's hearing his story on today's podcast or reading his book, we hope that you found a little inspiration too. You can find a link to the book and more from Steven in today's show notes. Okay, so what got us excited about today's episode? Well, citizen scientists are pitching in to help us find asteroids, and professional scientists are not sleeping on the job either. And I think it's super cool to hear Steven Strogatz say that pendulums know algebra. Right. I, I feel like I've thought that so many times where you're like, wait a minute, this is exactly what I learned in science class, and it's happening in the real world. And I've noticed all the mathematicians we've talked to on our show are super fun to talk to and really cool and engaging. I think the two types of people that are the most opposite of their stereotypes are mathematicians and librarians. They are the coolest Case closed. They're so fascinating. Oh my gosh, two of my favorite people on Twitter are librarians. Totally. Today's first story was written by Elizabeth Howell and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. 